0: In all of these crazy different situations that you described, your intuition really was the driving force in all of exactly them. That's exactly what I was
1: thinking. Really? Through. Yeah, it's exactly where I was going to go with that too.
0: We just, sorry, we just had like a little connection moment with me and Nina, like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> do you I'm Nina and I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts.
1: If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place.
0: We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Welcome back to another week of the podcast. Today, we are so excited to talk to author and health coach, Robin Eucliss. She was truly a gem to chat with. I'm kind of a fangirl. I'm not kind of
1: a fangirl. I am a fangirl.
0: Embrace I just, your inner
1: fangirl. <laughs> I love so many
0: things about Robin and I've loved this
1: conversation so much.
0: So Robin is the author of Thin From Within, the go-with-your-gut-way to lose weight. And it focuses on healing the body from inside out, which results in weight loss that's both sustainable and delicious. So she helps people um, address digestive health, lose weight, or a combination of both in a way that's nourishing, not focusing on deprivation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it plays into a lot of the intuitive eating that we've talked about mixed with cookbook and other gems of information that Mm -hmm. she has. That's really helpful for our listeners.
1: Yeah. It's such a great book because it obviously hones in and we do the same thing in our conversation. Like we talk a lot about the importance of listening to your gut and the gut brain connection and living through your intuition, but also like there's a whole nother side of it. And that's purely like taking care of your gut, like nourishing Mm -hmm. it with the proper foods, probiotics, um, how to like meal prep so that you are able to eat these foods in a less stressful way. And the book is like a culmination of all of those things. So it's intuition, following your gut, feeding it well. And she offers so many practical tools to put that into place. And like when you order the book, we rave, I rave about the workbook. That's a part of it. It's like she gives you all of these tools and asks you questions and really helps you implement everything she teaches into your lifestyle.
0: But it can only be gotten if you get that book. Is begotten a word? It can only be gotten. I just felt like changing up my language to something totally <laughs> different and not real. <laughs> it can only be gotten if you got that book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hayden, take that out. (laughs) No, Hayden, please. No, don't. (laughs) Take that out. Leave that in. Confirmed. That is staying in. Like, don't take that out, please. Robin, on the other hand, is much more polished in her language than I. Yeah, she's very well-spoken. And we just aren't today. It's totally fine. Um, Yeah, so guys, you're going to really love this episode. Robin is so relatable and... Yeah, guys. So I know that you're just really going to love this episode. Robin is so incredibly relatable and you're just gonna feel really good when you're done listening. I know I did. Yeah. So let's chat with Robin. Let's do it. Hey, Robin, we are so excited to have you on the podcast to talk all about your new book and gut health and intuition and all of the lovely things.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And with both of you, I haven't done many
1: co-hosted podcasts. So it was oh. very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I love co-hosting a podcast. I think it's just fun to bounce ideas off of my friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite. So,
2: and you guys get to hang out. So.
1: I do. Ex-
0: that's really what it is, It's an excuse to hang out. <laughs> I know. And
1: it's funny because sometimes we have to be like, all right, we're not going to talk about the podcast because we're, we're freshman year roommates, so that's how we met. Like what? How many years ago now? A decade. Almost, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. More than a decade. No, like eight. Oh, 11 in years. Oh Because my my you're 29. Right. Oh my gosh. We've been friends for over a decade. That is kind of yeah. crazy. But yeah, so we met in college and then um, it, this just feels like we're talking in our dorm room. We just decided basically to record our conversations is what
2: we're doing I here. love it. You want to know how long ago I went to college? How long sure. Two decades. Ooh, yeah. It just doesn't
1: <laughs> feel that long
2: ago, though. It's insane. I'm still really close with all my college girlfriends. We hang out and are just as ridiculous now as we were back then. Yeah. So it just, but it blows my mind at like how actually long ago that was. And, Wow, yeah.
1: this is a side note, but I was listening to your episode with Jordan, uh, the Balance blonde and didn't you meet Gabby Bernstein in college but then you weren't really friends with her and then later on you guys kind of rekindled your friendship.
2: Yeah. So Gabrielle Bernstein is a self-help author and motivational speaker. And we went to the same university at the same time. And we were friendly, Syracuse, go yeah. SU. you. And we were friendly uh, through college and had some friends in common. And then in our early 20s, and I remember she would invite me to all the parties, everything that she talks about in all our lectures. Yeah. And, and uh, when I found my way to nutrition school and got on my own kind of like self-help spiritual path, a friend of mine uh, suggested her book to me. And I was like, Gabrielle Burns. I was like, Gabby? Gabby's a self-help author? What? <laughs> and even same thing that she says, like, no one would ever guess that this is where I would have ended up. Yeah. And I went to one of her talks, and it was just so great to see her. And we ended up living in the same neighborhood and became best friends. And I've just had an incredible friendship now for almost a decade. That's most college right? Like Yeah. And a whole new... So it's really cool to have someone from your past because that's always kind of sweet, but then have it be, you know, the real who you are in this moment friendship too, which feels really awesome. Yeah.
1: Liz, I feel like we've evolved together. Oh, absolutely. So we have like, we have the dorm room, dirty dishes, like ramen noodle stage of our life. And now we have this more evolved stage of our life. And if we
2: could
0: accept each other then. We can surely accept each other
1: now.
2: I know. And now your noodles are like buckwheat with miso broth and ginger.
1: (laughs) Lentil noodles, (laughs) all of that. Pesto sauce instead of like the nasty ramen noodle sugary whatever that was. Seasoning. Oh, so good. Okay, so you touched a little bit on how you went to IIN. Can you actually tell our listeners a little bit of background on what even brought you to health coaching and were you always interested in health? How did you get started? I know you went to IIN and just give us a little bit of background on all of that.
2: Yeah. So I had no plans to be a health coach. I didn't know what that was. I didn't even have any plans to work in food. I, none of this, if you told me that I was going to run my own business and be an author of several books now, a couple of books now, like I would have, I, I say several because I already have the next one planted in my mm. head. Oh my God. So mm, I know because it's like, it becomes addicting. I'm yeah. like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it again. Even though I said I would never do it again. But, uh, Can't wait for that. So, Thank you. So, yeah, I went to college. My undergrad was actually a double major in international relations and political philosophy mm. with a minor in geology. Like, literally, I was going to be an international criminal court lawyer. I graduated school and I worked at all different nonprofits. I was always on the development fundraising side of things. And then eventually, I found my way to work for an independent filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker in Los Angeles. And I was acting at the time too. And she really showed me what it was like to work. For yourself and being mm. a business owner and what that meant. And I learned so much from her. And she was tough on me. And I would show up hungover. <laughs> She'd be like, oh my God. Like, if anybody had seen me, then nobody. Same kind of thing with Gabby, like nobody would have thought <laughs> yeah. that this is where I was gonna end up. Like I was a total party girl, you know, always dating someone in a band in the skinniest jeans possible. Yeah. And this actually sounds kind of fun. I know. <laughs> Let's be fine. You know what? It's hysterical because like I'm people are so grateful that they found spirituality so much earlier than yeah. I did, but I'm kind of grateful that they didn't because I really enjoyed my hot best years and I had a really great time and I still hold on to a piece of that now. Of course, I'm still like... Because you go inside, to Coachella like, all the time, right? I do. Coachella is like my like mecca for me. Yeah. I know it sounds really lame to say that, but I can <laughs> say that because I have been going for like 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's one of my things. And then then I married someone who's a total fish head, the band Fish, not Um, like Haddock or Salmon, PH Fish. And that's a really big thing. And so they go to a lot of shows and a lot of festivals. So I wasn't into Fish when I met him. And I was like, well, I can either stay home or I can figure out how to have a good time at this (laughs) music show. And so I chose the latter. And 50 shows later, it's an awesome, fun element of our lives. But how I ended up here, I actually was working at a different job. Uh, I'd had so many independent jobs throughout the year. I think one year I had like six different contracts. I was always a 1099 employee mm-hmm. because being a full-time employee scared the Jesus out of me because I felt very pinned down. and I knew I had these creative passions and this creative side to me and mm-hmm. I never knew. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't like run off and join the circus if I really wanted to, which I actually yes. did at some point. Oh my no God. way. I was, I was Can like, we segue yeah, no, really into that story later? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little brief. I did a musical theater production of Barnum in Florida when I was doing oh regional God. theater and had a full-fledged circus. And so I was in circus training. This was my actual job for like half a year. And it was amazing. And I would fly through the air with the greatest of ease and try That's not amazing. to kill myself. Wow. So that, that was cray-cray. And <laughs> so eventually I was working these jobs and I was like, I need something else. There's something else for me. And acting was what acting, is in LA in your 20s and you know that scene. And I started to go to the farmer's market and i met my very new boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, father of my child. And we just started cooking together. Well, I should say I started cooking, he did the dishes <laughs> and, ga- and gathered in his kitchen. And it just became this, I don't know, just this, such a heart-centered moment. And I had come from a family, still do, that cooks a lot. My mom's an incredible chef, always through dinner parties, Making dishes like Coca Vans, souffles on like a Wednesday night was not crazy in my house. That's what I grew up on. And so I made this sandwich just one morning from the farmer's market with like perfect sourdough and California avocado and a pastured egg and arugula and Mm. all this stuff. And this was before like this was, you know, everyone was talking about (laughs) pasture. Yeah, cool. A thing even really, right? And so I was IMing or G chatting. I think I was IMing. Maybe there was G chat then. Oh, the with IM days. Of mine, AOL yeah, I M D A O L messenger. We know the IM Days. Oh, totally. Like <laughs> well. a miserable yet another job. <laughs> yeah. And she told me about this school that her friend had went to. and I was like, "Oh, they talk about food at this school. I love food." And so I got the brochure. Uh, at the time, the class was still in person. This was the second to last year where they did a live class, oh. and I am typically a very indecisive person, so much Libra, and somehow within like a week, I figured out the tuition, told, again, new relationship. We were moving back to New York together. And I was going to school that I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I just knew I'd get to talk about things that I was interested in Mm -hmm. and maybe it would lead to a career. I had no idea. And what's interesting is at the time I didn't go to the school because of any um, self-body issues that I personally had or that I realized I had. I thought I was healthy when I came to food. I didn't realize what a you know uh, disordered obsession i'd had with my body mm-hmm. and with dieting and that was kind of the luck of the package for me so i went there to do something with food and maybe have a career in this but what i got was learning and starting this whole journey to loving my body and nourishing my body and understanding what that meant and letting go of a lifetime of diets and hating my the way that i looked And so it was just very interesting that that was kind of like, you know, you you go for what you want, not what you think you need. And I got both. And I ended up being a health coach mostly because that's what they trained you to be at the time. And Mm -hmm. I followed directions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here I am
0: almost a decade later. Man, that's amazing because it sounds like in all of these crazy different situations that you described, your intuition really was the driving force in all of that. That's them. exactly what I was
1: thinking. Really? Through. Yeah, it's exactly where I was going to go with that too.
0: We just, Sorry, in, we just had like yeah. a little connection moment with me and Nina like smiling yeah.
1: <laughs> at each other. Well, I was thinking that all of your work has so much to do with connecting to your intuition and your gut. And like while you were telling that story, it's like even before you started writing about this stuff, you were intuitively doing it. You know, you were intuitively listening to that voice. Did you know you were doing that at the time or were you just kind of like, I'm just going to go with the
2: flow? I think I always had, I didn't call it that. I didn't know that that was the name of it. But I always had, I think it was uh, described to me more as like stubbornness almost. Like Robin's going to do what she wants to do. You know, Robin's going to, well, she wants to figure out a way to get to New York or get to LA or get to whatever trip she's doing. She's going to figure it out. And it was almost more of like a negative, like kind of like, a drive that I had within me, but more, again, kind of using the word stubbornness. I didn't realize that it was no, that was just my voice inside of me that mm-hmm. was speaking very clearly to me that I needed to follow. And I was always that kid and and pair that with just a hefty sense of figure outness, you know, like yeah. not a word, but like my mom used to tell me she would come to me when I was so little and be like, do you want to do this today or that today? And I would say to her, well, I want to do both. And here's how. Mm. Like I was always figuring shit out. Sorry, my yeah. curse? Yeah, and, yeah no, no, no problem. Way, <laughs> and, and coordinate. Like I always had that brain of like, where do things go? How do they go together? And seeing this picture in my mind and then connecting that to everything my gut was shouting at. Yeah.
0: Man, now I feel like I have better intuition than I thought because I feel like that's what I need to do. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Liz, you do 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 it too. too. And we, I
1: mean, and I actually just had this conversation with both my mom and my mother in law. And, it's funny because it's almost like it seems like that annoying like you're very stubborn type of thing but they're like well you always that's what you want to do you're gonna do it you know they may not always support what I'm choosing to do but they're very much like we know that when you set your mind to it you find a way to do it and that's just always how it works and it I mean yeah if you put your mind to something and you Mm -hmm. have like the good intention behind it it's it usually pans out like you want.
2: I feel like I'm having an aha moment too with this right now because I never really put that together in that way. Yeah. But it's true. Like, oh, if Liz wants this and she's going to figure it out. Like, no, that's your intuition saying like, this is what I know I need. Yeah.
1: It's that feeling of like, this is right. Like your whole body just kind of knows this is right and this is what I need to do. You just have to like get your brain out of the way sometimes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, you know, logic has its place for sure. It can be very helpful. It's yeah. more balance. It's balanced what we're going for, mm-hmm. right? It's that intuitive hit with, okay, what makes sense? How can I support this? How does this continue to feel grounded and exciting and connected? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not all up in the clouds and all over the place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because when you're up in the clouds, that isn't a great situation either. No. You don't tend to get too much done.
0: Did yeah. you intuitively know that you would write a book? Or books? No, no, plural?
2: no. I am the least like planned out girl I'm really like what's in front of me what's the next right thing Mm. and I really am a person where like the next piece reveals itself to me and then I don't know what I'm doing after that but the next piece there's always like these little clues that I feel like that again I'm paying attention for that yeah and then I what I've honed over time is just trusting that more and more and so yes there can be frustrating moments in my business where it's like no I need to do the planning for the year. But I also know that I have some space within that. And so I can, for the sweet spot for me is that alignment of, I know what I need to do with kind of like the downloads from the universe mm-hmm. coming at the same time. Hmm. So no, I had no plans for a book. Um, it but happened here we, are. Here <laughs> Two, we are maybe three later. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I know what the fourth and fifth and sixth are going to be, you know? I'm like, okay, is this
1: my life? I guess this is my life. Okay. You're a new author. I mean, you're not a new author. When did you write the first
2: book? First book was I I'm, I'm terrible with dates and numbers, not terrible, I shouldn't call myself names. <laughs> numbers are not my strength. So yeah. dates fall under that. The only reason I will know when that book came out, and I will forever know when that book came out, is because the book came out, and then my daughter came out literally two weeks later. Oh my so That God. was two years ago. And Navy is—is
1: <laughs> is she almost—is she almost three or is she two? Did she? She two. She's uh, she
2: turned two at the end of February. Okay, she it's just turned. I knew she just yeah. turned something.
1: You know, because I obviously watch all of your stories, so it feels so creepy. But it's like I feel like I know. I love watching her eat her little breakfast with music <laughs> and her little model pictures up against. Walls, like she was wearing a baby <laughs> you had the cutest little bathing suit on the other day
2: we have a really good time together so yeah for those of you guys don't know i have a, a daughter she's two, and her name is navy like the color yeah we say that like we're used to saying that but if somebody hasn't heard it before they're always like what i'm sorry what yeah what? <laughs> yeah she's so cute
1: so the other so the first book came out two years ago and then mm-hmm. this one just came out in
2: february so not even yes. that far away Nope. It's fresh, fresh off the press. And it's been really interesting seeing how this book is creating so much change and Mm -hmm. like the messages that I'm getting from people and the effect that the work is having on their bodies and how easy and just, I don't know, just so many messages of people being like, I've been so frustrated. This Mm -hmm. book is speaking right to me and everything I've been doing has been so fun and so awesome. And every recipe I've made, I've loved. It's just been it's really been incredible because I didn't get to bask in that as much. Mm. Um, the feedback from the first one because I went right into baby bubble right, mode. You're distracted as a little I bit. <laughs> right, exactly. Right as I should have been. And it was also before Instagram stories. So it was oh. only your feed, right? Yeah. You just didn't have as much of that. Like there's definitely comments, but there's definitely something different that happens in stories. So it's really just been another layer this time of really getting to really talk to people and share this message. And it's been awesome. Yeah, you. The I
1: just love the book. I love both books. I had just stumbled up across your first one not even too long ago, like it was maybe a few months before the second one came out. And then I like pre-ordered the second one and it's like highlighted and there's notes everywhere. Uh And I use it with my own clients. (laughs) And it's just so, it's so pretty and like user-friendly. And it comes with that workbook, which is so nice. Like when you, when you posted that workbook, I was like, I feel like I should have paid for this. (laughs) Like it just like came with the purchase of
2: the book. You know, it's really funny that you're saying that after we created it, we were like, we really should have charged. Yeah, Seriously, <laughs> it's such it? a great tool that you feel
1: almost selfish using it for free.
2: <laughs> but here's the thing. What's funny about that is that only, again, talk about like, yes, I have plans for some things, but most things just are birthed on their own because yeah. they have to be. Uh, that workbook. So for you guys who don't know, the 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 book is like the first like i don't know third of the book or to half is all um text that takes you through you're finding your own intuitive food voice connecting to your intuition some practices what to put on your plate it's all the how-to and then the back is the recipes and in the original version of the book i had all a lot of those workbook exercises in that first mm. section that's all the copy and it was more like workbooky stuff right so like write out what you're feeling about this yeah. write out where your your this story began it's really how i coach it's how i take you through the work and when it ended up going to about to go to print it didn't look right in the book it mm. was it just was it just wasn't the vibe of the book. I wanted the book to be able to live on like cleanly forever, kind of the way that go with your gut is too. Mm-hmm. And that's thanks to my publisher. They really put it in my head that we want somebody to be able to take this book off the shelf in 10 years and have it feel really relevant and stylistically, you know, on point still. And so yeah. I was very conscious of that. And the work a style of a workbook, like having a conversation with someone, I feel like that does change over time. And so when you get the book directs you to a free download where it's I created this beautiful add-on workbook that you can have for for free right now. <laughs> yeah. They built this picked up paid version, and that has all the exercises in it. So it just goes to show that like my original vision for this book was that it was much more scrapbooky, more handwriting, and it just when it came to be, it just didn't it didn't work.
0: Yeah. I do have a question about intuition and eating because I have um, I worked with a health coach on intuitive eating to try to like, get some, past some of my own body image issues and struggles that I've had. Um, and I was wondering if you could help clarify because I still struggle with this. I feel like there's a very fine line between listening to your intuition and being tricked by a craving, that's Mm -hmm, being caused mm -hmm. by some underlying emotion or root that you're not aware of. So do you have any insight on how to differentiate between the two? Because I feel like sometimes I'm like, I just, my intuition really wants a burger. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, does it really? Or am I craving a burger because of some weird burger loving reason that I can't (laughs) can't put my finger on? Such a good question.
2: Yeah. I love this question. So you, you definitely, there's a lot of factors, right? I'm going to give you first the health coach answer, which is there's a lot of factors here, right? You do need to look at your macro micronutrients, which is the the nutrients in the food that you're getting. Are you covered across a wide range? Where are you in your period cycle? Where are your hormones? Are you do you need the red meat? Are you getting enough dark leafy greens? Are you sleeping enough? You know, do you have enough sweetness in your life? You know, looking at those, those things are, are never going to go out of style, but I say, that when it comes into like that real craving for something, a craving that feels like it's coming from your intuition feels like I get to enjoy that mm. versus a craving that's coming from a place that may not be as supportive feels like I need to eat that right now. Mm. Yeah,
0: so one right feels a the- little
2: more grabby and panicky and one feels much softer and slower. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense to me, and it's really just like a, This is why so much of what I teach is just about is about slowing down and how to tune in and ask these questions again and again and again because you get it in a flicker of a moment, the difference between the two. Right? It's only that first second that you know which it is, mm-hmm. and if you don't know which it is right away, that's okay. This is something that you're supposed to practice mm-hmm. that will get much better over time, and you don't need to have it all figured out right now and. You know, some days will be better than other days. And some days you'll listen more clearly than other right. days. But we're having the conversation. We're starting it.
0: I feel really great about my burger choice now because it was very intuitive. Yeah. It was your birthday party thing. Yeah. Because we I knew we were going to go to Bear Burger. And I was like, oh, I'm just craving that burger and I can't wait to eat it <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, yeah we went to this place called Bear Burger in Columbus for my birthday and they have all of these you know you can get the full on like crazy burger it's all like locally grown Um, it's a like, <laughs> yeah they have it in New York City oh really oh my gosh I just yeah, love yeah, it so much and it's hard because they have of course the colored green wrap and you can get Which a I veggie ate. burger beyond burger or you could go for like the bison burger
0: whatever sponsored by Bear Burger <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> But it's like,
1: and then I had a moment too, Liz, where I was like, hmm, I could get, and Robin, you would actually love this because they have this sauerkraut. I was like, I could get the sauerkraut or I could get the sweet potato fries. And then I intuitively went with the sweet potato fries and I felt really good about that choice. But it is hard to know sometimes, like, um, am I, am I, do I just want this because it's in front of me or am, am I actually going to feel really good eating it afterwards?
2: Yeah. And that's why I always say, go through that process of inquiry. So take a second. You know, if you're not sure, put the menu down, take a couple deep breaths. If you need to excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and do that, that's Mm. fine too. And literally just like, get quiet for just a moment. Take a deep breath and ask your body what it needs. Like, what do you need right now? What are you hungry for? Or even starting with like, hey, body, how are you? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Are you tired? And if you feel like you know you're really tired and you're hearing that, the answer you may hear from what do I want to eat, you you then might realize like, oh, maybe I can't trust that and I should just err on the safer side of things with something that I know will feel good. Mm-hmm. And a burger will, I mean, depending on your diet, that could be the best thing in the world for you. And some people, you, it does need to be a very plain soup, for example, because you've like, your stomach's been acting up or you're anxious or you're feeling funky that day. And if you hear... You know, I want the burger and sweet potato fries, but you know, you may be in a place right now where you're not sure if it's really your intuition, like err on the safer side of things mm-hmm. for that choice and then see where how you feel the next day. right? It's really like a moment-to-moment, meal-to-meal <laughs> type of scenario. It's
0: fascinating how much we separate ourselves from our bodies yes. when we are our bodies. Like, I feel like in that moment when you're talking about asking your body questions and like personifying your body in that way. It just amazes me how, how distant we've come mm-hmm. from our own yeah. selves.
1: I feel like that's why yeah. we have so many problems when it comes to eating and our body image and all of these things and our addictions to whatever our addiction is. Like maybe it's work or working out it's because we're so disconnected from our body. And it's it happens over so many years. Like you don't even realize until one day you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm- I'm Who are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And
2: I, I mean, I spent my whole lifetime thinking that my body was something I needed to fix. Yes. Like every time I cannot recall a time I looked in the mirror where I looked at myself and I was kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still work on that. You guys, like every day I have to check myself. That's why I teach these practices. That's why they're in the book because I am doing these myself every day so that I can be more loving. And moments when I'm not, I can say, oh, well, that wasn't a very nice thing to say. Is there something nicer that you could say to yourself now instead?
1: It's so good to know that we, we don't have to be perfect at it because I'm really hard on myself when it comes to things like that because I'll have a really good, you know, few days or a really good week or maybe even a really good couple of months and then something will happen and I'll fall into the negative self-talk loop. And then it's so easy for me just to continue. Like, then I get mad at myself for thinking those things. Right, And then I'm like, oh, like now you're just going to go back to how you were. Like, look how far you've come. But no, it's like we are always, like you said, working on these things. It's a daily practice. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us if we have to remind ourselves daily of these things.
2: Why do you think I'm going to write books forever? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) You need reminders forever. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. I'm curious a little bit... Just going on with this intuition thing, I feel like sometimes people are like, I get that. I know what it feels like. And then other times people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't understand this connection. What is intuition? What do you tell your clients who are first diving into this whole idea of connecting with their body and their intuition? And are there like a couple go-to practices that you found really work for them in, in connecting to that voice?
2: I I like to take people through a simple exercise where you just breathe and place a hand on your belly and get quiet and see what your body is saying to you. You know, just little moments like that. And then, first of all, giving them, letting them off the hook and giving them permission for it to not look a way that they think it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think that they're, if, if their intuition speaking to them, that they're like me, right? That they're hearing these things all the time and that it's saying this, and it's always guiding them here and there. Mm-hmm. But intuition is different for everybody. And for some people, it's, it's, it's that I can just remind them like, well, when did you have a moment where something felt like it was a spark inside of you? Mm-hmm. You know, when you got a phone call and it lit you up and you couldn't stop talking about it. Or you have a best friend that you couldn't wait to tell about X, Y, Z, or there's a trip you get. Like those are all intuitive hits. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't need to always be a daily, everyday practice for people. It can, but, but knowing that you've gotten them in your life, seeing those moments when you have, and then I work on them in their life as a whole for how to slow down a little bit more so that they can start to hear it. And again, asking those questions and having some daily practices, you know, Meditating is really great for that. Listening to podcasts that inspire you is really mm-hmm. great for that. And more than that, even anything is literally, I really encourage people to just sit and do nothing for like one to two minutes a day where you are not meditating, not listening to music. Stare, stare out the window. Stare at the window or just hang out. Just listen to your breath. Like just getting quiet and just being with self. It's so uncomfortable. It feels Mm -hmm. so ridiculous, but it's so important.
1: That's something I need to work on because I think a lot of times for me, I'm like, okay, well, it's time to meditate or it's time to turn on some music and journal or I need to take a bubble bath or I need to pull out my productivity Even if it's like relaxing
0: productivity. Yeah, I'm like making it a task.
1: (laughs) Like I have to do this. But you're right, like just sitting in my car, like once in a while, I'll just sit in my car before I head into work and just take a moment and just sit there. And I just don't do that enough, you know, where I'm like, I don't have to meditate before I go into work or I don't have to, you know, set an intention. I'm just going to sit here and just let it be. But it's kind of hard. It is.
2: its is. We're really not used to it. And I really only honed in on this one being so key when I went on a little mental health break and went to a hotel for two days. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I left my family. And I'm like, I need to go. <laughs> How was I it? Mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't as dramatic as that. But basically, I like to use some time over the New Year holiday to... You know, talk, review what I did the year before and tune into what I want to create in the next year. And I didn't have that time. Yeah. And it was like the first week in January, and I was feeling really funky, and I knew the book was coming out the next month, and I just wasn't feeling inspired or inspiring. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to my original plan was to go to Kripalu, which is a yoga wellness retreat center and go to a course. And I was like, something about that doesn't feel right. Mm. And I realized I just needed to go and be quiet. And I, a few things led to another and I ended up at this amazing hotel, 15 minutes from where I live. this all eco stuff. And it was incredible. And such a gift because I got to the room and I went to put music on And I love listening to like Billie Holiday and Mm -hmm. Miles Davis and even just really chill, relaxing background stuff. And they didn't have a music player. And Mm. so I was like, oh, okay. So I literally just sat there and just was with myself. And it was so weird, of course, with a toddler and family. Like, you don't have to have kids to have noisy lives. Our lives are really, (laughs) really, really noisy. And I used my journal kind of less like journaling and more just like a friend I was chatting with. Mm -hmm. I had a little thought commander, for example but i really spent two days mostly in in quiet and it was just and i can't even tell you the point wasn't that oh i had all these cool insights or i wrote a program or i wrote this or it was i literally just was calm and quiet and allowed my body to just do its thing exactly i just You know, and you don't need to go to a hotel to do that. I mean, great (laughs) if you can. But finding just like you said, sitting in your car, I'm a big fan of telling my clients to sit in their car. Before, you know, you go against the office, before you go into your house, we get home, especially moms, you you know, everyone needs you the second you walk in the door. I sit in my hallway sometimes outside the door and just, take a moment to just breathe and be. And we don't think that these things can be huge or lead to what our physical weight is, but it's all connected. It's Mm -hmm. all starting with that place of taking care of yourself in some way and getting quiet.
0: Sometimes I think too, if I'm just thinking of the example of like coming home and then having like kids and family and you're like making dinner and all the stuff that comes with, you know, post-work, I think it's a great way to kind of bookend like I'm closing out this chapter mm-hmm. I'm stopping and I'm mentally preparing myself for the next activity. I feel like that's what that would serve.
2: And I, it's, you know, it's so funny you're saying that I actually have a, an exercise for that in the book in my go with your gut weight loss formula. That is go. It's there's all the steps go, go and go with your gut and the your is taking your time for mm-hmm. you, like a minute between your day and your evening. Because I find that that's really crucial, especially for people who are big snackers at night or overeaters at night. It's because we just rush headfirst into our evenings and our bodies need to know that there's been a shift mm-hmm. and that it's time to comment your evening. What do you want that to look like? What do you need yet again? Um, and then being able to listen to that.
1: So that reminds me of my mom a lot she's always on the go, like 100%, like does not take time for herself. And she knows this because we've talked about it like a thousand times. But at night, she has this like, she has to make a cup of hot chocolate or a cup of something. And then she has, like she makes these muffins and it's her one thing. It's like this crazy shift I see in her. She like sits down, she has her hot like beverage and then this muffin or whatever it is that she's choosing to snack on and like sits on the couch. And I'm like, Mom, I wish you would just do that even throughout your day a little bit. But Uh it's like that she has like a very definite switch. And it's like a snacky thing at night, but it's like her comfort, you know? Uh And I see that. It's like busy, 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 boom. Now this is like break time.
0: Is that why we had so many muffins in college? Oh, that's always why we had muffins. <laughs> <laughs> we like, had so many. My mom was like the muffin muffins. queen. And now,
1: like... what? so much sense. I just posted a cupcake on my Instagram tonight. <laughs> like, now I'm making You're becoming muffins. Franca. I know. We do become our mothers, don't <laughs> we? Oh, my gosh. Okay, this whole conversation, it reminds me of... I had a workshop a couple days ago and then somebody asked me, I'm not a mother yet and neither is Liz. And I know sometimes when I'm talking to people, they'll say, well, I understand what you're saying and I get why you're talking about self-care and all of this, but I have kids or I have a busy lifestyle. I just can't do those things. And how do you help especially women, like how do you help teach them that, yes, you do have a really busy lifestyle, but you still can prioritize even small moments in your day. And it's so useful and so helpful for you
2: to do that. First off, it is tough for the moms. Like it really is. I know it's tough for a lot of people, but there is a whole other layer of pressure that we put on ourselves that our mothers put on us. Yeah. I can't even imagine. It's a lot. It's a lot. And especially when it's your first time and Mm -hmm. you have no idea what you're doing and you're on Facebook mommy groups for everything and you think everything's wrong, you're (laughs) messing everything up. It's it's a lot. So first off, having some grace with yourself and understanding like, yes, you do have a lot on your plate. However, this is your life and you need to live it from you, from Mm -hmm. your heart, you in the center of it all. And so... How can you connect yourself, even if it's just one minute in your day, that you can say, I did that? Um, I actually teach in the book, too, a practice I call my morning minute. Because I realized, like, journaling, meditation, the first year plus of having a baby completely went out the window. So I literally had to find something in a day where I felt like I at least had my feet underneath me, even mm-hmm. if it was just for that minute. And it really like one minute has the power to change so much. So finding these times in the day that you can do it, and then also t- changing your the way that we think about how much we're supposed to be doing. And yeah. I bow to parents who have more than, I recognize I only have one and that I have help. And I do have flexible schedule, so I get that there is even more demand that I am not experiencing as much. But I do work and coach hundreds of women who have all the different layers and of all the responsibility and all the demands. And it really is the difference between how I explain, like, um, I've shared this on my Instagram story, is like even w- with my daughter, even from a young age. She sometimes sees me exercise, but even if she doesn't see me exercise and I'm going to work and I wouldn't have to tell her, I say, I'm going to exercise and then I'm going to work. Mm. I I'm purposefully telling her that I'm going to take care of myself and then I have my job that I enjoy. Like I really say things like that. Mm-hmm. And so for example, too, the other night, she was asking for her water bottle and I was going to get a glass of water for myself. And I didn't drop what I was doing for her. I said, mm. okay. I'm thirsty. I'm going to get my glass of water for myself, and then I'll get your cup for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: say these things regularly, and no one says stuff like this. It seems like you're like, "What do you mean? You're supposed to have everything for your children?" It's like, "Well, I can't have anything left for my child if I don't take care of myself in some connected capacity." Like
1: body, me and you both. We just like, like collapsed. <laughs> yeah, and, and I. I'm not planning on having kids anytime soon, but maybe in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in the back of my mind. And I'm really nervous about that because right now I feel like I I know that I'm lucky in the fact that I it's just me and my husband. So I have a lot of leeway to prioritize myself. And I need that time because that's really what helps me stay grounded. And sometimes I get very nervous that when I have a kid,
0: it's going to all go all the work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but I also, like you said, it's like it doesn't have to be that way. And I think there's a lot of projection on moms and women to give everything they have to their, and you want to, I guess I I get that too. Like you want to, and your child obviously comes first, but it's so important to remember that you can treat yourself with kindness and love in addition to treating your child with those same qualities.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the best thing that we can show our kids is that we are supporting ourselves. I remember I had a girlfriend, this was, I think when I was pregnant, who I went over to her house and she was eating. And she said to me, She's like, My daughter's never seen me eat because I'm always feeding her and catering mm. her. And then I'm like snacking when she's napping or after. I'm like, hmm. And I said nothing, but like, you guys, like our children should always see us sit down and eat. And yes, I guess this is, a, I guess this, this is impossible all the time for all the meals, but sometimes it is but you have to decide like i am an important person too mm-hmm. and i'm going to show you that i am and let them let them cry let them scream but they're it it you are at the end of the day what's most important i know your kids are too but i know that we can change this conversation and the kids will calm down around it They'll see your calm, I am taking care of myself energy, and they will match that energy. If you're anxious about yeah. it or feeling guilty about it, they're going to pick up on that too. Yeah. So You really so. need to own this. Own your cup of tea. Own your glass of water. Own your plate of food. Own <laughs> your muffins.
0: Own your muffins. <laughs>
2: own your muffins.
1: Your muffins. <laughs> I even notice that in teaching. Like when my energy is super high and I'm, you know, worried or anxious, the kids totally totally pick up on that. And I even know that from myself just because I'm like a super, I was a super sensitive kid and still am like, I'm not a kid anymore. It's thing. Yeah, like I just pick up on and you do too, Liz. Mm-hmm. Like we just pick up on everybody's energy. Like, you imagine a kid, you know, they just they're absorb so all of yeah. that. Yeah, they're so spongy. So... I was just thinking about these books that you've been talking about. And I feel like before I have a child, you need to write a book about parenting so that I can read it and then feel more prepared when the time does come. So you should put that on your list of books to probably
0: come. the next one already.
1: Yeah, it's probably the one that's coming up. I'm not going to officially
2: announce it yet, but
1: you guys are probably on the right track. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Okay. Switching gears a little bit because I definitely want to touch on this. You're really big on fermented foods. I knew you were going there. I have
0: to know. I knew you were just sitting there, sitting on your
1: hands. I have to know a little bit about fermented foods. Was it hard for you to start making them or was it something you just started experimenting with and then found it was really easy and you didn't need to just buy kombucha all the time because that's kind of the (laughs) rut I'm in where I have like a jar of sauerkraut in my fridge and I buy kombucha and I take probiotics, but I really feel like I should be making my own. And I know you had a workshop on this, but tell me a little bit more about the probiotics and fermented foods.
2: So probiotics and getting probiotics from fermented foods are really, really important for your health, your digestive system, your microbiome. That's the bacteria, the trillions of bacteria that live inside you and on you. You want to be feeding all of that, those good gut bacteria. You want your gut flora to flourish because that's what takes care of the rest of you. So taking a probiotic pill can be great. There's different strains in there that you're got likes and some nice insurance but also eating them uh, in the form of raw fermented foods where these probiotics multiply and live and thrive and then they come into your belly and they do the same thing there, they like mm-hmm. have a little party, um, is really key as well. And we're the only culture, meaning America, mm-hmm. that doesn't include a cultured food as a part of their staple diet. Oh. So miso, natto, sauerkraut, kimchi, like, it's all over the world. Some some kefir, some version of a fermented drink. And I always have people come to me like, oh, my Polish grandmother used to have bats of June, which is like mm-hmm. a kind of kombucha in the back of her cellar. Like all the grandmothers and the bubbies were doing something like this. So we're the only ones that don't have this. And they were doing it for good reason because mm. our bodies need it. They help us absorb our food better. They keep us healthy. Most of your immune system is located in your gut. A lot that gut brain connection that there's so much mm-hmm. study around now. It's all your happy hormones coming from your gut. So we need to be nourishing our gut with these probiotics. So buying them is wonderful. Just so you know, I buy most of mine too. Oh, okay. I do from Yeah, I do ferment a lot because it is really important. I'll explain why in a minute. But um, I do buy a lot of them and that's okay. So that's just a new place for you to start is just to buy a jar of fermented, yeah. unpasteurized, raw sa- sauerkraut and get it in that way. That's okay. Taking it up a notch, making your own first off... It's super cheap. I'm like nervous about it
1: for some reason. I don't know why I'm like nervous about fermenting my own food. Like that you're going to give yourself food poisoning or yeah, something? Yeah, Like I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. bacteria and I'm doing it. I'm like, this is not going to so end well.
2: The cool thing about that is it really is built in for it to... It will give you signs when it's not good. Mm. Like I actually just made a sa- batch of sauerkraut this week that's not good. And I can tell it's not good. You would know, even as a first-time fermenter... It should smell, and I have the the instructions in both my books, like it should smell sour and like something you want to eat. And when you taste it, it should taste tangy Mm -hmm. and like delicious and zippy. This one, I'm like, something just tastes off on this or like, I didn't even taste it yet. It smells off. And I realized that my glass wasn't well washed. And so there, I think Uh there was some soap residue on it. But it looks, it just doesn't look happy. It doesn't look, you can tell when there's bubbles, you know, and of course I've, uh, I have a book club community for this book called the Thin From Within um, Book Club in Facebook. So you can ask questions mm. about that. So we're all here for you. You don't have to be scared. Why but no, I actually no. really, it's, you have to have to request, you got to be in there. It's okay. really good. Everyone posts like the most amazing, delicious recipes and, yeah. from the book and photos. But I actually recommend for my book Thin From Within to make the pretty in pink, Fermented radishes. Yeah, I saw that. Or if you have go with your gut, the whole brine veggies. These mm-hmm. are the most foolproof and easiest of all the ferments. Basically, you're making just a salt water solution, which is basically salt and water, that you shake that up and you make that a liquid. And then you add in your vegetables and your herbs and you let that sit. And it really, that one, again, you can smell, it should smell a little sour. When you take a bite, it should taste like something you want to eat. That one's even easier than making Mm -hmm. your own sauerkraut or kombucha. And the reason for for making it, again, I was saying cheap, right? Like radishes, carrots, you know, celery, um, cabbage, it's all really inexpensive Mm -hmm. and great items to ferment. And then also you get different strains of bacteria yeah. at different points in the fermentation process and your body likes them all. It likes all that variety and all the different ones. And so for you to get the full, full spectrum, yes, you do want to be making some, something on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: I'm
1: going to have to, to bra- get brave and try it.
2: So if I'm understanding this correctly,
0: if you purchase things that are fermented, you're going to have more of a homogenous fermentation going on in there. Versus like more a wider likely. Scale. Yeah,
2: more likely. I mean, they're all different, but like they're pretty. So, most companies may do like a six week ferment. There's mm. different probiotics. So, let's say that whole company does a six week ferment and the whole other company does an eight week ferment. Maybe that's about the average. Mm-hmm. When you make it yourself, you can do a three week ferment, you can do a mm. three month ferment, yeah. for example. And you're going to get all different strains at those different times. And there's not gotcha. one that's better than the other. It's that you like all of them.
1: Mm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to get over my fear of fermenting my do own it. foods and just go for it. Not I'll come over and eat it. Yeah. We'll try it together. We'll have to smell it and see if it's, it smells good. <laughs> exactly. And then try it. Yeah. I feel like with all, with gut health, it's just everything we talked about in the first half of our conversation is very much like int- it, your intuition and connecting and listening to your gut. And then there's there's... there's also like this other side about making sure it's nourished really well and the food you're putting in your body is what makes your gut happy. And is there anything else you can touch on a little bit with, you know, just like eating foods that work for you and how like that side of nourishing your gut is also really important along with just listening to it?
2: Mm. So for this, I like to give the rule of five plate, Mm. which is the five foods you want to focus on at any given meal. Ideally, lunch and dinner. I talk about my power parfait, which is like an amped up yogurt for breakfast. Um, Because I really, the best thing that you could do for gut health is eat simply Mm. and eat quality foods. So I'm going to give you the list of the rule of five. So here's the five. So it's greens, healthy fat, protein, a fermented food a co- and a cooked vegetable mm. so greens again want to be getting greens there's nothing new there healthy fat again not really anything new there maybe for some people quality protein nothing new fermented food so getting in those good probiotics it helps your body absorb and assimilate the nutrients from the meal that you ate from that plate than if you hadn't had them and then another element that really is really grounding and nourishing are cooked vegetables we don't typically include like roasted carrots, roasted parsnips, some other kind of squash, kale, mm-hmm. like having that warm cooked food, your digestive system loves that. And that's a hearty plate. So making sure that you have even just more enough food during your meal times is going to be really healing for your gut. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a snacking as much, or turning to things that have way more ingredients in them. It's really about keeping it simple. And then I teach you how to meal prep all these items in the book as well.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I can't remember which book it was, but I feel like you talked about sometimes you'll see people and they pile so much. I think you use like a salad as an example, Mm -hmm. and it's like they have the salad and they put this and this and this and they have like 10 items on it. And in addition to like having that rule of five, like these are five really good things for you to eat, it's like sometimes having more than that is not good for your gut. It's hard for your gut to digest.
2: Yes, exactly. So when you're, I always give that tip for people that don't know what the issue is. okay. So you're like, I know something's off and I'm not sure, like simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah. Like more is not better. <laughs> yeah. And that's
1: actually more relaxing too, because a lot of times it's like, oh, what do I need to eat? I need to get all of these nutrients into my body. And it's like, well, maybe if you just pick five really good quality things, you're going to be safe and you don't have to worry about all of getting all of the nutrients and all of the things in because you'll be fine with just five really healthy, nourishing items.
2: Yeah. And then you can start to hear too more closely like what you may be sensitive to yeah. or what's not working for you. It's really hard to tell when you do have 10 items in your bowl. You That's know, very true. That's very true.
0: I also find I'm thinking of like, I feel like when people add a bunch of stuff, they're really seeking a lot of variety. And I feel like, I just season the crap out of stuff. Your husband's great at that too. He's like a like I don't need I find that I don't need as much stuff. Like I can deal with simpler food a lot better because I'm like really boss at seasoning things. Well, let me rephrase. My husband is really <laughs> boss at seasoning things. <laughs>
2: Seasons no, that's huge. That's huge. That's why... In, that's all I talk about meal prep. I'm like, good oil, good salt. Yeah. I, I actually, people are like, oh, you could put rosemary and tarragon. I'm like, those things are fabulous. I literally just use oil and salt
1: yeah. for everything. Yeah, and it's so simple. I mean, I guess you can make an elaborate meal once in a while, but on the regular, like just a little oil, a little salt and pepper is all you need.
2: Exactly. Keep it simple.
1: If anyone's struggling with meal prep, where can they find this resource? Well, in your book... I can't even remember now. I know that you just sent out something on meal prep.
2: Yes. So uh, I created a virtual meal prep workshop uh, as a gift for pre-ordering my book. Mm -hmm. But as a gift for listening to this amazing podcast, I will include it for you guys. So any of my listeners and anybody here, uh, when you order your copy of Thin From Within, just go ahead and email my team. You can go to my website, and hit the contact tab, and say you're a loyal listener of Wine and Shine podcast. And I will send you the virtual meal prep workshop. It's uh, two hours broken up into chapters. Very straightforward. I'm not teaching you how to cut an onion. (laughs) I'm teaching you how I approach meal prep and how I teach it and how I break it down. And so you get it. So you're not just like, it's not follow along cooking. It's like, okay, here's the protein options. Here's what I shop for. That's fresh that week. Here's what I soft my pantry with that week. Yeah. Here's how I bring it together.
1: Yeah. Oh. That's so good. What and, a deal. I know. And I mean, I just like I was talking about before, what you do that I just love so much is it's so simple. Like you're so relatable. It's not like this crazy tough thing. It's like, this is how I do it. And this is how like the average person can meal prep. It's not as hard as you think. Exactly. Okay. Well, where else can they like find your books or, I mean, they can obviously follow you on Instagram. They can watch all of the adorable videos of Navy eating her power parfait. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them all of the details.
2: So yeah. So everything you could find through my name, Robin Euclides, um, R-O-B-Y-N-Y-O-U-K-I-L-I-S. And I'm sure you guys will share that and my name of my book's a little easier to remember it's been from within so if you see that book you can see the author name and head to my website and I have my blog and my instagrams there mm-hmm. facebook and the book club and, um, and the workbook all the, and the workbook that link is only in the workbook and the book itself yeah. so you gotta get your copy for uh for you to get that yeah mm-hmm. lovely
1: and the workbook is awesome, guys. So I'm telling you, Nina's it's fan a of, fan. I'm a fan of the workbook. It's a great way to get it's like it's like having you as a little side health coach just on your computer. Thank you.
2: That's what I wanted it to be. So yay.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I just love talking all about intuition. And me and Liz have been really working on connecting to ours. And the first half of this conversation was like Just a little therapy session for me and it was wonderful.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I love that you both are just connecting to what intuition really is and that it doesn't have to be this complicated thing. It really is just that voice inside of you that's always there. It's always there. It's just starting with asking the question and then just getting a little quiet so we can hear the answer. And then, of course, getting the support to... Follow it, yeah. right? For someone else to say, no, girl, you know what you're <laughs> doing. You got this. So whether that's me or you guys or other friends, we all need to hear that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We all funny. have to have each
1: other's backs. Exactly.
0: All right, well, a big thank you again to Robin for coming on the show. And listeners, um, make sure you take her up on that offer. If you buy her book, then from within you. Also, if you contact someone from her team, which the information, like she said, is on her website, if you contact them and let them know, you're going to get a virtual workshop on meal prepping, mm-hmm. and it's a way that's really accessible and easy to two the hours, average, a three, normal hour human. Because I know I've always found meal prep to be extremely intimidating. Me too. So, um, if you want that tool, make sure you not only get the book, but you let her team know that you heard about her book through the Wine and Shine podcast, and you'll get that two-hour bonus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and. Don't forget to check her out on Instagram. And of course, she has her blog, Your Healthiest You. And she is a phenomenal health coach. So if you are looking for someone, she is a great resource for coaching. She's helped hundreds and hundreds of women. Um, And while you're on Instagram check out the Wine and Shine podcast.
0: Absolutely. We're going to plug it. Also, make sure that if you're local to the area or if you just feel like being local to the area for a day on a Friday, you come to Lit Life Yoga in Italian Village. April 20th. Yep. And join us and health coach Julie Wino as well as Harness Magazine founder Ashley Rector for a fun, fear-blasting evening filled with meditation and yoga and live podcasting juice and perhaps wine. Perhaps wine. Which... Yes. Was again absent from this episode.
1: (laughs) Team LaCroix sponsored today. But yeah, we have that workshop coming up on April 20th. It's going to be a blast and we would love to see you there. More information will be up on Eventbrite soon. So check our stories and check our Instagram for the
0: details on that. All right. Well, thanks for another great episode and we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.